This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh boy. Hi, <laughs> uh, I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. That's my other brother, Daryl. So uh, how you doing? Okay, except I throwed my back out last week crawling under a house. Sounds like a tough job. Wasn't a job. I just like crawling under houses. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. What's up there, Hollywood? This should be an interesting topic today, because just like you, I got siblings. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your siblings. Is I've met your brother, Danny. Is that your only sibling? Yeah, that's really it. Uh, the kids call Tony Uncle Tony, and I got a friend named Carrie to call Uncle Carrie, just because they're close friends. And, uh, you know, just having the one sibling, they ended up being so close that they were family. But, uh, you know, me and my brother get along fine. We have like seven years apart. Like, we don't fight all the time, but we don't agree on anything. So, <laughs> it's always a bunch of busting balls. So, how far apart are you and your brother in age? Seven years. I just said that. Dude, you're already not listening? You're not really listening to me, are you? Uh-huh. I mean, I could say anything right now, like, you're a complete tool. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't hear it, because you're a freak with a microphone. Uh-huh. It's not even challenging anymore. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Isn't that true, sphincter boy? Uh-huh. What? God, I can't. I, I, I got to think ahead in my head. I, you know, I can't. I'm drinking wine. It's Friday night. I'm trying to think about questions I want to ask you, and you talk so fast. I, I'm sorry, man. So you're seven, years, <laughs> you're seven years apart. Tell me, do you have any rivalries with your brother? Um, yeah. Uh, music comes up every once in a while. I think we cross paths at KISS. And some of hair metal, but because of that seven-year split, he likes some of the harder stuff sometimes that I'm not so much into. And I think he likes some of the thrash stuff I don't like. TV shows become a little different because, you know, I'm watching 80s shows. He's watching 90s shows. Let's see. What else do we are? Oh, well, we argue about sports teams just because they're different. I'm a better basketball player than he is. He doesn't think so. I throw the football better than he does. He doesn't think so. I'm better looking than he is, and he doesn't think so. Uh, probably everything's a rivalry. How about that? Yeah, you're a better basketball player uh, than Danny, but in Danny's defense, he's half your size, and you probably, uh, you know, ball check him once in a while. So let's be honest, you're probably not playing fair, right? 
Uh, I can hit a better jump shot than he can too, but yes, there is some gorilla basketball <laughs> that he had a hard time defending. <laughs> Let's call it for what it is. They're uh, Rodman. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. That's that's basically what happens. And there would be times, and you know, he's a little brother, so you pick on him, right? So there'd be times, oh yeah, let's go out and throw out the football. I remember a couple of times where I'm like, all right, go up and just uh, run a hitch pattern, right? And uh, just make sure you keep your eyes on me because I'm going to throw you the ball at some point and then like run him into a garbage can or run him into a car (laughs) (laughs) because he wasn't watching. That's my fault. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of sibling rivalries when I was growing up because I came much later in life for my parents. I got three other brothers and they were pretty much uh, out of the house except for my closest brother. And we were 11 years in age apart. And so basically he just beat me up the whole time I was growing up. So (laughs) that, that was the basis of my sibling rivalries growing up. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking all about rock and roll sibling bands. We call it sibling rivalries, but really it's just about the bands and members of the family within a band. So before we get into all that, I got to tell you, I'm having a few trials and tribulations with Spotify lately. I don't know about you, but Spotify puts this release radar playlist together for me every week with new bands that I either listen to that's released new material or bands that I might like. They go through my catalog and they they match my library with the stuff that's coming out. You have the same thing, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, here's my issue with Spotify. What keeps showing up on my released radar are these bands that have the same name of bands that I like, but they're not the same bands. What'll happen is... I don't know whether it's the song title or like something showed up on my list today that was like DJ crap, but in the title, I saw heart. Well, I'm a fan of heart, but I'm not a fan of DJ crap. And the artist was DJ crap. And the song was crap. Go figure. This also happens with Keel, with White Trash. Uh, I keep having White Trash appear in my playlist, which I like White Trash, but the White Trash that keeps appearing in my playlist is like some techno garbage. It's driving me nuts. I have to go in and adjust and say, well, I don't like this song because I don't want them to stop giving me the bands that I love. But it's just really, really frustrating because there's bands within Spotify that are named the same thing as bands that I liked from the 80s. Do you have any of that issue? So I'm looking at my release radar right now, right? Let me give you an idea. I have the new Heat song, the new Striper song, the new Amaranth song, Whitesnake, Joyous Wolf, Unleash the Archers, Buck Cherry, Tokyo Motor Fist, House of Lords, Alcatraz, Vega, Smackbound, Dead Daisies, Lionville, uh, Michael Grant and the Assassins, Electric Boys, Dokken, Winger, Blacktop Mojo, New Year's Day, Blackstart Riders, and Vandenberg. I don't have that same problem you do. Yeah, it's weird. I have a lot of the same stuff that you just mentioned, but they always throw in one or two things like uh, what I just described to you that is totally not my thing. Get your shit together, Spotify. I'm paying you to do a job. You're not doing it correctly. A hundred percent. My guess is what's happening is when you look for a band, you're looking for a band, you find the wrong one. You listen to it for five, 10 seconds, go, wait a second. That's not right. And then you go, go again. Yeah. But since you listen to them, 
they assume you like them too. You're not finding the right band the first time. Five or six seconds, holy shit, get a grip. If I got rid of it in five or six seconds, chances are it blows. Stop it. (laughs) Hey, uh, so what do you think? Heat released a new tune. Do you like the new Heat tune? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, it wouldn't land. It didn't wow me, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was probably something left over from the uh, Heat 2 sessions. Yeah, because it sounds very similar. Yeah, sounded uh, in there. So I liked it. It wasn't a ballad. I liked that. Uh, what about the new Striper tune? The new Striper tune I like. The new Amaranth tune, Viral, I love. That's a really good song. Yeah, that's a band I've not gotten into. That's somebody that you've... Uh, bought up a few times and it just i haven't gotten into them yet i haven't listened to them yet so it's not that i don't like them and just haven't listened to it so i was thinking about this earlier i don't know i saw a documentary or something uh regarding kiss they were talking about how uh, much effort goes into putting on makeup and taking makeup off and i was thinking you know how cool was it for kiss in the 80s when they didn't have to put all the makeup on and take all the makeup off, they basically could be on tour and just show up and put on their colorful threads and uh, play the gig and then you know go back to the hotel with women afterwards because they were already kissed. That must have been a pretty, uh, pretty cool period of time for them, don't you think? Uh, yes and no. I think if, uh, if you notice, Gene had a hard time still trying to be the demon. So like even in 83, 84, 85, as you're kind of watching him trying not to be in makeup, he hasn't really figured out who he is yet. I think the makeup allows you to almost be like in a mascot type of uniform to where nobody really knows who you are and you can do anything you want. But as soon as you take the paint off and now you're kind of exposed, and I don't mean this to be totally psychological, but it is, I think Paul embraced it. I think Gene struggled with it. I was just thinking more from a simplicity standpoint. It's like, dude, I'm in rock and roll and I can just show up and play to, uh, you know, much, much lesser crowds at that point in time, but still crowds, right? I can come and crank it up and play for, uh, you know, five to 10,000 people and just go back to the hotel room with hot chicks and it was the eighties. So eighties were all about excess. And, you know, even though I don't do drugs or drink, it's still pretty cool. And I don't have to spend a bunch of time taking off makeup and putting on makeup. You know, I can just, that's free time that I get to have just to enjoy life and enjoy the fruits of my labor of being in kiss. I would have liked it personally because I'm kind of lazy, so I don't want to put a bunch of makeup on and take it off. I just want to like, you know, uh, before I got married, I just want to like be with chicks and, you know, that that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think if they had to do it over again and if they were going to have bigger crowds with makeup on, they probably don't take the makeup off and they just rather have the bigger crowds and go through the pain of the makeup personally yeah maybe i don't know seems like a daunting task at hand it's time for the crank it up new music spotlight all right so tonight's crank it up new music spotlight comes from a band called speed stroke 
Speedstroke is an Italian hard rock band. And what you're going to find out about Italian hard rock bands is that they like to cuss in their rock and roll songs as well. So here's a song that I like to call Who Fucked Who. Enjoy. never heard that song the music was good yeah cool yeah so we got this song submitted to us um well not submitted to us the record label sent me this song uh a week or two ago they've gotten some love on some of the uh different groups that i'm in they've released a little bit of stuff 
I kind of like this song. Scene of the Crime is the album, and it's scheduled for a fall release from Street Symphony Records. Like I said, they're an Italian hard rock band, so sometimes the English is broken a little bit, but overall, you can make out the words. The lineup, and these guys could be siblings, I have no clue, because the lineup is Jack on vocals, DB on lead guitar, Michael on rhythm guitar. My favorite of the group is a gentleman named Fungo on on bass guitar and Andrew on drums. No last names. Don't know whether they're related or not, but by golly, if I get into rock and roll Hollywood, I'm going to change my name to Fungo because that kicks ass. (laughs) I like Crash better, but okay, whatever. You do you, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you're not a big fan of the vocalist, but you like the music, right? Yeah, yeah, the the music is good. Like, uh, most... And I know I make fun of a lot of bands, including Saxon and all those guys, and there's a reason for all that. All right, zip it. You, don't, you can't even... Zip it. Zip. Look, all Ladies I'm... and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit A. Number two, would you please back Look, me up? Look, I'm Zippy Longstockings. Ugh, I can't... When a problem comes along, you must zip it. Zip it good. But I will tell you that most of those bands that I make fun of, I normally like the music. The music is usually not an issue... It's just, uh, you know, I don't like the vocalist too much. Yeah, we know you're a big vocal guy, so uh, totally get it. Um, And I have no bearing on this band or this song one way or another. I kind of like the song. Uh, I don't hate the vocalist, but it's definitely not my favorite vocalist. I'd love to hear what you people think of this song. Uh, So go to the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook page and let us know what you think of Speed Stroke, who... Fucked who? Apologize for the cursing, but that's the name of the song. So there you go. All right, let's get into a little sibling rivalry. Okay, so there's hundreds of bands that brother sister started, sister sister started, brother brother started, three brothers started. And some of those bands are great. Some I don't really listen to. I think these musicians kind of forgot about, like, you don't pick your family, but you do get to pick who your bandmates are going to be. Because some of these guys that we're going to talk about today, they they ended up going through a lot of drama. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not too cool about working with family. Like, I I worked with uh, Nicole. Uh, That's how we met. We met at work. But uh, if we had to work together today, I don't know if we could do it. I've seen Tony and his brother be in a band together. At times it worked out. At times it didn't work out because those guys are kind of like me and my brother and don't always argue, but we don't always agree either. I, I don't know if I'd work with family. And to people that are new to the show, so Nicole, of course, your lovely wife, because people might think that's just like your sister or something. So, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, there there there's a history of – family bands and members of family in bands together. And some of them turn out really good. Like some of them are really healthy relationships and others are train wrecks. <laughs> so I, you know, it's, it's hard to figure it out, but uh, we're going to talk about some of those. There's a lot of obvious bands that pop up. When you think about siblings in bands, there's a few that come to mind right away. We're going to hopefully talk about some of those, but we're also going to talk about some that maybe are much 
much more deeper than uh, the ones that come to mind automatically. So I guess I'll kick us off, right? Yeah, get us started. Yeah. So a few that come to mind right offhand, obviously Pantera, right? Vinnie Paul, Dimebag, two brothers that were in the band, Pantera, great metal band. I mean, personally, when I think of really heavy metal besides Metallica, Pantera comes to mind. I know that they've got the big four, which is Megadeth and Metallica and Anthrax, Slayer, but Pantera speaks to me a little bit more than bands like Slayer. I like Anthrax a lot, but I really liked Pantera. And they're one of the few bands that I liked that had like the screechy, screaming, cookie monster type vocals that Phil did some of the time. But Pantera, that's a brother combo that you think of automatically, at least our listeners do anyway, I would think, right? Yeah, Pantera, I love the music. Dimebag is awesome, uh, rest his soul. But, uh, dude, Anselmo, I cannot get past the voice. And I love the aggressive music. I just wish it didn't have, like, this cookie monster kind of screaming at you type vocal. Although, I guess it works for them. It's just not super listenable for me. Yeah, and something I think we're basically in the same camp for that. A band like the Scorpions. So, many people may not know that... Both Rudy and Michael Schenker were in the Scorpions together early on in the Scorpions' career. Michael was 16 when he was part of the Scorpions and they recorded Lonesome Crow. But a lot of people don't know that. Uh, they know Michael Schenker from UFO and from MSG and from Macaulay Schenker, but they didn't know that he was actually a part of the Scorpions at one point in time with his brother, Rudolf Schenker. Michael came back on Love Drive and did some writing with the band and actually played guitar on, I think, three or four tunes off of Love Drive, which was the album that the current guitar player, Matthias Jabs, joined uh, Scorpions. And of course, that's when they blew up uh, around the time of Animal Magnetism and Blackout and then, of course, Love at First Sting. Number three band, number three in all of this, I got to give a little bit of love to hometown band Collective Soul. So Collective Soul is out of Georgia. They come from a place called Stockbridge, which is a little south of our airport. Brothers Dean and Ed head up Collective Soul. Ed does a lot of the writing. We don't talk about Collective Soul much on this podcast, but really they are a pretty guitar-driven pop band if you listen to a lot of their stuff. Uh, most people know them for the song Shine, uh, which really broke them in the market. They've got a lot of great stuff. I don't love all their albums from start to finish, but there's a lot on their records that I do like. And they're just a good band, a good pop rock band, a little bit guitar driven at points. So check out this song uh, off the youth record. This one's called Better Now. Yeah, yeah. I'm your recent adaptation yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know a ton about Collective Soul. I remember getting confused between Candlebox and Collective Soul. And I know they don't sound the same and I don't I know they don't have the same members, but you got to remember it was the 90s. So it's not like you have all this internet stuff that, you know, is teaching you blah blah blah. And there's no library for rock, right? So I remember going and trying to find a Candlebox song and I heard Shine, I'm like, I don't like that. And then I hear Far Behind and I'm like, "Well, wait a second. That's not from the same band." And I remember getting confused a lot. This song is better than Shine. Shine kind of turned me off a little bit. Yeah, you know, Collective Soul is a band that I would pinpoint as a puny band. I would think that you would like Collective Soul. My only personal critique of the band is that at times they're a little bit too organized, too clean sounding rather than raw sounding. I think they've got some really good melodies. They have enough guitar to make me like them. I don't think Ed has a bad voice, and I think some of their... I just think they have some really good melodies, but they're just a band like I would think that you would like them. Like I would think this would be a band that if you did a deep dive on, you would find a lot of stuff you you like. However, if you're saying you don't like Shine, 
I'm like, okay, what don't you like about that tune? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it just, uh, I think it was a timing thing. It just didn't, uh, didn't really hit me for whatever reason. I'm not in love with the melody. It can be catchy at times. I heard it again today. Cause when I saw it on your list, I'm like, wait a second, don't I know these guys? And then I went to Spotify, of course, their most popular song to shine mm-hmm. turn on like, ah, oh, it's those guys, you know, that kind of thing. Like if you tell me, oh, Sonny, you really got to try out Megadeth. You haven't gone deep enough. I'm like, dude, stop. Don't waste my time. Don't like Mustaine at all. With Collective Soul and bands like this, I would need somebody to give me, here is 10 songs. Like when people ask me about like Richie Cotter and Jeff Scott Soto, it's like, give me 10 songs I should listen to, to see if I would actually like that person because it got too much stuff and I don't want to check it all out. This is a band that somebody would have to do that for me. It's like, check out these 10 songs to see if you would like Collective Soul or not. Yeah, well, I'll see if I can get you those 10 songs together because I think it is a band that you might enjoy. That first record with Shine is basically a demo tape for them. Uh, so the production kind of lacks. And then after that, they got some money. And so the rest of the stuff, you know, reflects that. But like I said, there's none of their records that I necessarily like start to finish because they've got some slower stuff that I'm kind of like, eh. But uh, they do have quite a bit of stuff that I do like. So, and I had to show some love to Hometown Boys. So, Collective Soul. Number two, the Gallagher Brothers, John and Mark Gallagher from Raven. Raven was one of the first bands. In fact, I discovered Raven at the exact same time I discovered Metallica's Kill 'em All because it all came out, All for One and Kill 'em All. They both basically looked like the same record cover. They had that black with red from Megaforce Records. And so I was into Raven. They were like this crazy trio, and uh, they were nuts. We got a chance to see them on Monsters of Rock Cruise. I know they're not everybody's thing. They're not necessarily a melodic rock band. They're a heavy metal band. And they're from that old school, the new wave of British heavy metal. So Raven, the Gallagher brothers, I would tell people go check out All for One, start there. They, once they got a record deal, because Atlantic Records signed them. And I think, ah, I'm trying to remember. I want to say Stay Hungry, but that, that's Twisted Sister. I can't remember the first release that they had on Atlantic Records, but people did not gravitate towards it because they lost a lot of their edge. Uh, Atlantic tried to clean them up a little bit too much, but go check out Raven All for One if you're a fan of New Wave of British Heavy Metal, just straight ahead metal. The Gallagher Brothers, John and Mark, great. Uh, And they're both still in the band, uh, so that's cool as well. And they still they still do it. I mean, as old as those two guys are, they still put out there sweating like a dog. He was on stage airborne love airborne. This is one of the things that COVID really screwed me up for. I was set to see airborne twice this year. They're finally doing a tour of the United States. They were coming to two places near me and I was going to see them. I was psyched about it and damn COVID screwed me on it. Brothers, Joel and Ryan O'Keefe. Uh, if you like ACDC, just straight up hard rock, that's what these guys are all about. They're from Australia and they basically sound like ACDC on steroids and they put on a hell of a show. There's a great documentary out there. I think it's about 45 minutes or so called, I think all for rock and roll. And it's just kind of a behind the scenes that follows airborne around a little bit, gives you some great footage of their concerts and backstage. It's on YouTube. You can watch it free. 
Uh, and it's just, I dig this band. I have to say that Bone Shaker, the latest album that the band put out, is probably my least favorite of all their records. I would tell you to start with the first record. It's amazing. By far my favorite Airborne record. Uh, but they put out some solid records after that as well. So check out this tune from the latest record, Bone Shaker, Switchblade Angel. I don't know a ton about Airborne. What I've heard, I like to a point, I guess I would say, but then I only like ACDC to a point. So that probably doesn't surprise anybody. I will tell you like the Raven stuff. You could put Angel Witch, Diamond Head, <laughs> Raven, Metal Church, and Saxon songs in a bucket, and I couldn't tell you who sang what. Like, no interest at all. Yeah, let's let's at least get it clear. Don't lump Metal Church in that group because that ain't... Oh, good Lord. Metal Church, metal church is not part of that alumni. But, okay, <laughs> I'm fine with the Angel Witch and the Saxon and the Raven. At least get it all right. So, yeah, okay, fine. No, I listen, for whatever reason, I do honestly, I think it's probably that three or four years. But whatever reason, the new wave of British heavy metal is not your thing. Uh, and never has been as long as, as we've been doing this show. You just don't gravitate towards that stuff. And for me, and I've mentioned it many times before, it was instrumental for me because it's what opened the door to hard rock and metal for me, you know, among other things. But that was really what one of the things that catapulted me into that whole thing. 
Uh, whereas, you know, you're an Iron Maiden fan. Iron Maiden was a big part of that, but you came in on the Bruce Dickinson stuff. I came in on the Diano stuff. So while they were still there and still part of that British movement, uh, is when I got into those guys and Saxon and, uh, I mean, there's a handful of them that like Angel Witch, I don't know a whole lot about that band. I didn't listen to a whole bunch of that stuff, but Raven, Saxon, Def Leppard keeps getting lumped into that, I guess, maybe the first couple albums. But yeah, so I get it. It's all good. Yeah, and we've talked about that three, four years before. I think what ends up happening is if you're looking for something different in 81, 80, 81, 82, let's say, and disco's on all the charts, and here comes the new wave of British heavy metal and it's completely different. It blows people's socks off. I can totally get it. By the time I get into it, that thing shined up a little bit and the shiny was more interesting to me than the raw, if that makes any sense. Right. So there's guys out there digging for gold and they find a nugget somewhere in California and they go ape shit. To me, shine that thing up a little bit and put it in a chain, and it looks interesting to me. Listen, it's really simple. Sonny started with um, spandex and makeup. I had to take off the leather coat before I was able to uh, pick up chicks. Yeah. So it's all good. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so how about you, Hollywood? Share some of your sibling rivalries with us. Yeah, so we didn't really do a top 10. I didn't want to do a top 10 because there's so many bands and so many songs, and it's it would be very, very difficult. So my thing was, I just wanted to kind of pick 10 bands to talk about, just like you did. Maybe mention a few songs if you haven't heard of these guys and you want to give them a shot. Uh, you know, bands like Striper, we talk about all the time. We're really not going to bring up Striper today. There's We have past episodes you can listen to about Striper. Yes, we could have spent three and a half days on Van Halen. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, we did a live cast with Joey you can go check out. So there's other ways to check out some of that other stuff. But talking about Joey... The first band I want to talk about is a band called ZO2. So brothers, Paulie Z, David Z, and Joey Casada, three-piece band. David Z, if that name rings a bell, unfortunately he passed away a few years ago in a car accident. He was also in TSO, Adrenaline Mob, and a lot of these guys do double duty and a bunch of other stuff. But ZO2 had released three albums, Casino Logic, Ain't It Beautiful, and Tuesdays and Thursdays, pretty much in like the... Between 2000 and 2010, pretty well, maybe 2005 to 2012, maybe, uh, they had a, uh, they were on a TV show called Z-Rock. It was like a kid's TV show on IFC, which was great. They did a couple of seasons there. And, you know, Joey Casada is a great friend of the show, helped us get Eric Martin interview and has done a couple of live casts for us. And he's uh, currently in Eric Martin's band. So that's kind of how we got that hookup. But this stuff, if you have not heard it, it's really kind of like gritty rock and roll because the three-piece it's pretty stripped down when you get a good three-piece together. And these guys are great musicians, and they're great melodic songwriters. I saw them open for Kiss a couple of times. They were awesome. I think I saw them with Sammy Hagar once. They were great. And uh, Paul Z kind of made me feel like he was kind of like a Manichetti Jr. So uh, that was kind of cool, too. And they've done a bunch of Kiss tribute stuff, too. So check out this great song from the CD, Ain't It Beautiful. It's called Isolate.
Yeah, so I first heard of ZO2 through the Z-Rock show. I remember getting IFC on the cable lineup, and uh, I discovered that show, really enjoyed that show, didn't know anything about it, but I was like, man, these guys, the tunes that they're playing, because occasionally they have like live parts where they're doing the ZO2 thing. So I looked them up. Damn, they had albums out. So I picked up Ain't It Beautiful and Isolate, I believe that's the first tune on the record, right? Yeah. Isolate's a great song. The band is just a, yeah, they've got a great groove to it, three piece. And uh, yeah, I mean, I dig ZO2. Casada, we love you, Joey. Uh, second band I want to talk about is Black Crows. So, um, you know, many people who listen to this show know who the Black Crows are. Chris and Rich Robinson, Georgia band. Uh, Chris is older, by the way, if you were wondering. Uh, they released their debut CD in 90. They've got like eight studio releases out there, and they've had a bunch of drama. And here's a situation where everything was peachy keen when they were up and coming. But then for whatever reason, they start arguing and, you know, it causes a rift, I guess. They were supposed to do a reunion tour, but COVID hit, so that kind of ended that. I love the first album, but I kind of lost interest in this band really quick because they ended up being like this jam band, and I don't really like the jam bands. And that first album has a lot of like blues, rock, hooky melodies. So if you haven't listened to the first album in a while, my favorite songs probably on there is Twice as Hard and Jealous Again. But, uh, you know, Hard to Handle's on there. She Talks to Angels is on there. What's your thoughts on the Black Crows? Are you a big fan? As a band, uh, the brothers are a train wreck. Not quite as big of a train wreck as Oasis Brothers, but they are a bit of a train wreck. And it's unfortunate that siblings can't do business. As a band, I really like the Black Crows. They're a band that I didn't really love at first, but I grew to like over a period of time. They lost me live because, to your point, they became sort of this jam band live. And I've seen them live a lot of times. But album-wise, I like their first several records. I mean, I like their records all the way up to War Paint. I did not like War Paint. And that was, yeah. Their records, to me, you know, they're, all their records, to me, have good stuff on it. So... Yeah, I mean, they're a band that I dig and have a huge part of their catalog in my library. The next band, yes, it's out of format, righty. Don't even send the text. I already know it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Out of format. You are so out of format, Poonie. You bastard. Yes, I know Cool and the Gang is out of format. Righty, do not send the text. (laughs) I really like this band. And a lot of people don't know, first of all, that it's two brothers, Robert Cool Bell and Ronald Bell, that uh, formed the band. The other thing people don't know is it's been around since 1964. So these guys have been through jazz, rock, instrumentals, disco. They had some success the first 15 years, and then they start to fall off. And then finally they go, you know what? Instead of like six different people singing, Let us go get one guy that's going to do all the singing. And they go get James J.T. Taylor in 79. He adds a little more warmth to the songs, especially now they can do ballads because none of the other guys could do ballads. They bring in this Brazilian musician as a producer for four or five albums. And all of a sudden, it's hit after hit after hit on the mainstream pop and dance-oriented music charts. They were on Billboard 100 all over the place. Got huge catchy hooks and chorus lines. And 80s cool in the gang just explodes. So 
Now, the problem with a band like this is they got so much material out there and they don't really have anything that I would deem desert island type. So if you're willing to give Cool in the Gang a chance, because it's like, Cool in the Gang, what? Just give it a chance if you've never heard it. Because if the only song you've ever heard, Celebration, they got other songs. There's a CD called 20th Century Masters, The Millennium Collection, The Best of Cool in the Gang. And it's got Ladies Night and Joanna and Get Down On It, Cheris, Fresh, Too Hot. These were all hits. And, uh, you know, if you happen to be listening with your partner while you're giving them a chance, you might actually end up getting lucky. Two. What do you think about Cool in the Gang? Who writes the format? We write the format. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're turning things on the edge. Cool in the Gang just became part of the Grown Up Rock podcast. Good Lord, people are turning off their radios left and right as we speak. I actually like Cool in the Gang. Uh, I have an open mind. I saw Cool in the Gang once live. You want to take a guess at when that was? Uh, opening for Van Halen, you paid $5,036 to see him. <laughs> that is partially correct. I did see them opening up for the Van Halen reunion tour with David Lee Roth, the first, uh, go round. Uh, yes, that is correct. I did not. I actually, oh, I sat on the lower part of the bowl of the arena all the way in the back. And I bought the tickets off of Craigslist from somebody that couldn't go. And I paid 75 bucks a piece, I think, for them. Um, So not too bad. 75 bucks a piece to see it. I was psyched. Uh, It was a good show. Yeah, you know, cool in the game. It's all good. What I need to understand, though, for the people that are listening at home, and you guys can't see this, but I got Sonny on a video chat right now. And Sonny's got this huge red hat with a big feather coming out of it right now and a big smile on his face while he talks about Cool in the Gang. I don't know what that's all about. What's up with that? And I ain't got no pants on. And he's got a cane also. <laughs> I do not know what this is all about. Uh, you'll have to explain it to uh, me. Yeah. See, it's all about mind control. You got to act a part. Any man can control a bitch's heart, but a pimp got to control a bitch's mind. Know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Pimp gotta be out there every motherfucking day keeping us bitches in line. Can't let them go shopping, spending their money on stupid shit. Bitches gotta think that's your motherfucking money, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I believe I know what you are saying. The last thing on Cool in the Gang, so that Daily Ross show, right? I was gonna go see that. And they played at the Coliseum here. And I remember looking for tickets. And probably the last row, like if you moved back two steps, you'd fall out of the Coliseum. That's how far <laughs> back the rows were. It was so far away that it felt like you were watching them from Vegas and the ticket was still a thousand bucks. I'm like, I don't want to see Cool in the Gang that bad. I don't want to see anybody that bad. They they (laughs) could bring back John Bonham and freaking uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Jimi Hendrix could open. I'd be like, hell no, I ain't paying a thousand (laughs) dollars. All right. So the next band I want to talk about is NXS, uh, Australian rock band. A lot of people know them. They were all over the charts in the 80s. Uh, brothers Tim, Andrew, and John Ferris. Band formed in the late 70s. They have frontman Michael Hutchins. He's the focal point for 20 years, and he was kind of the sex symbol, and he's the guy who is really selling the band because Tim, Andrew, and John are kind of like behind-the-scenes guys. Uh, their most popular albums were really 87's Kick and 90's X. Um, Hutchins commits suicide in 97, band goes in a tailspin for a while. 2005 brings us Rockstar in Excess, where the band is looking for a singer on reality TV, a la Survivor, American Idol style. 
a guy named JD Fortune wins the 11 week competition for the next five, six years, they're making music and turn again. They're in their relationship with JD Fortune in 2011. Lots of rumors surrounding why they tried this other singer for about a year and then they called it quits. But I will tell you that first album that JD was on was an album called Switch in 2005. And this song that I'm going to play for you actually hit the Billboard 100 and got to number 37. It's a really cool tune called Pretty Vegas. Falling asleep at the wheel again, baby. You're drifting over the line, line, yeah. Your hands are tied, but you're losing grip quickly. Fix, make a new read the signs. Coming your way to Vegas, sturdy and dreaming of the other side. Save your tears and laughter because it doesn't matter what you find. Like this song uh, is one of the first songs I heard. So I've seen NXS a few different times. I had the opportunity to see them in a 
fairly small club that holds less than a thousand people. And then I've also seen them in an arena. They were an amazing band. I only saw them with Michael Hutchins. I never saw them with Jody Fortunes. You know, there was something about Michael Hutchins. Uh, he had it, whatever it is. Sex symbol, yeah, but there was also just something about his aura on stage. I would highly recommend that people go check out this Michael Hutchins documentary on Amazon that just came out not too long ago. I just watched it. It was a great documentary. It it, uh, shed light on some of the things that I didn't even know about Michael Hutchins as far as some of the mental issues that he had. Basically, after this fight he gotten in in the middle of a street, uh, which I had no clue about. But go check out that documentary. It's really good. And um, some of the songs on this record, Switch, were really good. I remember watching Rockstar in Excess. I really loved that show. Uh, I thought it was great. I really wanted Marty Casey to win just because I think it would have been better for NXS to not get somebody that sounded just like Michael Hutchins. There was a girl on the Rockstar NXS that I thought was really good. There were a couple girls on the NXS Rockstar that were really good. One of them went on to play in LA Guns with um, Tracy Guns at one point. But I thought JD Fortune, he was kind of the way they edited him on that show, he kind of came off as a jerk, didn't you think? Yeah, and that's why, uh, just like you mentioned, I thought Delana, that's the lady who went to go play for LA Guns, mm-hmm. and Jordis Unga was the other one, that I thought Jordis would have been the better addition to uh, in excess because she would have took him in a different direction. She did, and I just got chills. Oh, my God, I just got chills thinking about it. She did a cover of Imagine that that is the best I've ever heard Imagine sound. It was amazing. And it's on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Imagine by Jordan Dunga, uh, U-N-G-A. But I thought she should have been the one that won. Well, you know, and not to make this all about not to make this all about Rockstar in excess, but there were a lot of talented people that came out of that show. Somebody else that I really liked a lot was this guy named Mig Ayesa. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. Didn't he end up doing like Broadway or something? I don't know what he ended up doing, but I thought he was really talented. And he did a cover of Baby I Love Your Way by Peter Frampton that was amazing. 
He did it on piano. I still have it in my library today because I thought it was really, really good uh, version of that song. Uh, there were just some really good, talented people on that show. And for me, I think NXS would have been better off served going in a different direction where they didn't get somebody that sounded just like Hutchins because really he was kind of, he was almost irreplaceable, you know, because of his whole vocal point, you know, the way he looked, the way he sounded. But yeah, I'm a huge NXS fan, so... Like in excess a lot. And then uh, the next band I want to talk about, and you could almost say they're almost nameless and faceless band. They haven't had a ton of members. They've had their fair share, but very much like Foreigner. Yeah, Lou Graham, probably the most well-known person in Foreigner, but Toto, which had brothers Steve, Jeff, and Mike Porcaro, really the most popular member is probably Steve Luthiker. Mm-hmm. But if he was walking down the street, you're – Fair weather fan would not know who Steve Lukather is. Toad had been around since the mid seventies. Jeff died in 92. Mike died in 2015. Steve's still in the band. They've been on hiatus since 2019. They got a ton of history, 14, 15 studio albums out there. Their biggest release, I would say was Toto four in 1982. Uh, most likely their most popular album because they had Rosanna and Africa on it. But my favorite song by Toto is actually Hold the Line, which was their first single. What's your history with Toto? Like a lot of people, I got into Toto through Toto 4 with Africa and Rosanna. I love Toto. When I started looking into the band, I mean, 100% agree with everything you just said. I could not place the Pecora brothers if I saw them on the street. I would never know. And these are good session guys. Like these guys are the real deal when it came to players. They did a lot of studio sessions. Toto was essentially a band made up of studio session musicians. These guys, if you didn't know the first thing about Toto and didn't know any Toto music, I guarantee you, you know these guys work because they probably played on another song that you know from some other artist. They played on a lot of stuff. Steve Luthiker's resume is crazy, unbelievable. And um, I don't know, uh, several weeks ago, we had Eric Martin on the show from Mr. Big, and that's a great episode. If you guys haven't had a chance to go listen to that episode, go listen to that episode. Eric Martin is a trip. And Sonny and I both had a great time talking to him. But he shared a Toto story with us because uh, apparently he came very close to being in Toto at one point in his career. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Toto. I don't love it all, but I like a lot of it. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so you want to share some more? Sure, why not? It's time to get back to it. Let's do it. So there's a band that probably the majority of people, listeners, have never heard of called Talk Show. When you hear the word talk show, it's like, I would never know this band. They put out one record that did absolutely nothing. The record as a whole is okay. Take a listen to this song. It's called Hello, Hello, and see what you think.
All right. So talk show is essentially Stone Temple Pilots without Wyland. That's what it is. It contains the other three guys in the band, brothers Dean and Robert DeLeo, and then drummer Eric Kurtz. And they made an effort once Wyland left the band. They had all these issues with him. They tried to kind of shut it down as Stone Temple Pilots and start this new band. And they did that a couple different times. They did it with Talk Show. They also did it with, I think, Robert Patrick from Filter. And they did this um, Army of One band as well. And they just, that's why they ended up going back to the Stone Temple Pilot moniker. I mean, you hear it all the time. Uh, If you own the band name, that's why people... When you talk about, well, why didn't Motley Crue call Motley 94 just some other band? That's why. Because it it would have sold even less than it did. Uh, And so people don't want to start from scratch. They want to take a name you know. And it didn't work out for them. Did you get a chance to – had you ever heard a talk show? And did you get a chance to listen to this song? I had not heard a talk show. Uh, I listened to the song. I thought it was very interesting. It wasn't – bad uh, i would listen to other things by them yeah the record as a whole i still have it in my library today i almost never uh, well hell almost i never go to it uh, i dug it out because i remembered it i thought it would be a good opportunity this show to turn some people on to it that might like it hello hello is a little bit stone temple pilots from the um tiny music from the Vatican song, that long album title kind of reminds me of a little something off of maybe that album, but as a whole, it's just, you know, I, I think hello, hello is probably my favorite song off that record. There's just not, I don't keep going to it. I don't gravitate towards that record for whatever reason. Uh, it doesn't necessarily connect with me, but I do have it in my catalog. ACDC, we've talked about it. You know, they're one of the bands like Van Halen or Striper where, you know, it's obvious the Young Brothers and for the longest time, even the third Young Brother produced a lot of their stuff. Uh, Not a whole lot can be said about ACDC. They're one of the bands that comes to mind when you think of bands with siblings in it. A couple other things, Beach Boys, Bee Gees. Who else? The Osmonds, Partridge Family. (laughs) There's there's all kinds of stuff. It's not necessarily hard rock or metal, but it's what it is. How about a newer band, Greta Van Fleet, consisting of brothers Jake, Sam, and Josh Kiska. Uh, A lot of people give them shit because they sound like Zeppelin. Hey, Zeppelin not putting out any new music. So if you like Zeppelin... You should be liking Greta Van Fleet. Go out and support young rock and roll uh, because that's what it's all about. So I like a lot of the Greta Van Fleet stuff. Uh, I'll be happy when they put out a new record. But yeah, go support Greta Van Fleet. They got a lot of good stuff. I've seen them live once. I thought they were really, really good playing their own instruments, ripping it up on stage. And that's good to see from a young man. What do you know about the band Sabotage, Hollywood? I don't know. I can't really get into them. We have friends that would call them Dungeons and Dragons metal. <laughs> I would say that's probably accurate for Sabotage. Um, it's just a little too musical theater for me, like the TSO stuff even. I've seen it live once. I'm like, yeah, I like it. It's great. I'm glad they're doing what they're doing for rock and metal, but it's a little too just, I don't know, opera and a little too much for me. It's what my middle daughter would call extra. <laughs> 
So I think that's fair enough. Sabotage was a Florida band when it first started out, consisting of brothers John and Chris Oliva. A lot of people don't know that Trans-Siberian Orchestra was basically born out of John Oliva and Paul O'Neill, the producer for Sabotage. So it became this whole thing. Uh, but Sabotage put out a lot of records, and I agree with Sonny. They are a little bit Dungeons and Dragons, a little bit operatic metal, uh, all that's accurate. I got into Sabotage really early on as a kid in high school on their second record, which was Power of the Night. So check out this song, Power of the Night.
see, like, it's great musically. It's just a little extra, right? It's like, oh, like, why has it got to be that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so, so the riff is a little bit more straight ahead. That record's a little bit more straight ahead. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's a little bit of a sad story because after they put out, I think their fourth or fifth album, Chris Oliva, John's brother and the guitar player in the band was killed in a car accident. And so that's kind of when they started working on other things. They decided to carry on Sabotage and Sabotage continued, but that's when they also started working on like these side projects, which one of them consisted of TSO. And let me tell you, TSO made them way more money and continues to make them way more money than they were ever going to make with Sabotage. I mean, that is a money-making machine, that TSO. So it's all good, but uh, yeah, Sabotage, one of those bands, uh, lesser bands that I thought would be fun to spotlight on this uh, sibling rock episode. And then The Darkness, brothers Justin and Dan Hawkins. I know Sonny's not a big fan of The Darkness. I like a lot of their stuff. I understand why people don't like them. I also understand why people do like them. I saw them live a couple years ago now it's been two or three years now since i've seen them live but they were really 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 good live uh just a great mix of rock and roll and a little bit of comedy and great stage antics uh, and justin is a great front man and they were just fun to see live like even if you're not a huge fan of justin's voice and maybe not a huge fan of the band I would urge people to go at least see them live and then pass judgment because it's just a good time seeing that band live. So yeah, it's all good. All right. So the five I want to talk about next, we'll start with Young Guns, British rock band, Brothers John and Fraser Taylor. You probably don't know these guys. Both of these brothers are actually guitarists. Band formed in 2008. Uh, they still got four out of the five original members. The drummer's the only one that changed out. They've got four studio albums. I actually caught them live in 2013, opening for Hailstorm and Bullet for My Valentine. And it's good, energetic rock. Uh, my favorite album is 2016's Echoes. I would say my favorite Young Gun song is a song called Bulletproof. So if you want to check that out. Um, but they have a modern flavor. If like bands like Chevelle and theory of a dead man kind of rub you the wrong way because they're not gritty enough, you might enjoy Young Guns. You know these guys at all? I do not. Yeah, it's a good band. Just uh, check out that song, Bulletproof. You might like that. Will do. Next, let's talk about Gary Sharon. Yeah, he's got a brother. His brother's not named Nuno. His brother's actually named Marcus. So basically the story goes, Extreme goes on hiatus. Gary goes to Van Halen. Doesn't last too long. We're in the mid-90s now, uh, late 90s. So he dabbles in a bunch of things. Extreme gets back together, releases an album in 2008, and has been going strong ever since, but they actually scheduled downtime because Nuno doesn't want to be on tour all the time, and he wants to take breaks and do other things too. Gary absolutely hates downtime. So he's done a bunch of other things, including a band called Slip Kid, which is a Who tribute, and a band called Hurt Smile that he's released two albums with, with his brother Marcus on guitar. Now, Marcus is not Nuno. But you know what? He's kind of more probably Ace than he is Nuno. But check out this great track from 2011 self-titled album, Hurt Smile. Here's a song called Love Thy Neighbor. Do, do, do unto others as you would do unto, you would do unto, to others. 
right. So I'd heard of Hurt Smile before. I think we probably have referenced them in this show at one point in time. We may have even played a song from Hurt Smile at some point. I don't remember for sure. But I listened to this song. I like it. The album as a whole, I got to run through it a little bit. The album as a whole doesn't necessarily connect with me. There's a couple songs on there for me that are just literally unlistenable. But yeah, so there was a rumor circulating roughly about a year to a year and a half ago where somebody had posted on social media at one point that they have an inside source. Of course, this is the best thing is they posted on social media, but they had an inside source that said that Nuno is out of extreme within a week and Gary's brother would be taking over guitar in extreme. And they're like, mark my words, this is happening. The source is good. Uh, They're going to announce it within a week. And I remember thinking, okay, first of all, without Nuno, there is no extreme. I'm sorry. I just, I'm like, nah, that's not going to work. I don't care how good the guitar player is. (laughs) But it never happened. But I wonder if on the surface, maybe that's something that might be happening. What do you think? There is no other Nuno, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. Just go with it. Eddie Van Halen ain't Nuno. It's a different style player. Eddie could not play those licks like Nuno's playing. Nuno can't play Eddie licks like he plays, right? So there isn't another Nuno. There's Are there guitar players dime a dozen in the hard rock and metal that I listen to? In certain ways, yes. Yes, you could say that. But not with the icons like a Nuno. So I don't care who it is. It won't be extreme. Nah, it's, I couldn't even believe somebody threw that out there. I was like, cause I knew that Gary's brother played guitar too. And I'm sure that he could learn shit note for note. Who cares? And he probably even sings some, I don't know, but, uh, it's just, I don't know. But then again, I never thought that Richie Sambora would be gone from Bon Jovi. So, and they seem to have made that work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But you know, even in that, just to close that off, even in that, if John really wanted to be rock again, it's difficult without having Richie there, but he doesn't really want to be rock anymore. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next band I want to talk about is CCR Creedence Clearwater Revival, a band that originated about 30 minutes from where I live in El Cerrito, California. They're really only active from 67 to 72. So people talk about CCR as a classic rock band that you would think was around for 25 years. They lasted a big five to six years. They got seven studio albums. They got more live stuff and compilations than you actually have studio albums because Fantasy Records were basically trying to screw them for every penny that they could make. And it is a dictionary definition of why families shouldn't work together. Tom had enough of John. It was John and Tom Fogarty in the band. Tom leaves in 71. Uh, both tried to do some solo stuff. Tom dies in 90. Tom probably wasn't as popular as John. Fogarty went on to do a couple of things that I think hit the charts. I loved Centerfield, and so he was kind of a staple in the 80s a little bit. And now there's this touring entity called Creedence Clearwater Revisited that doesn't have Tom, obviously, because he's dead, and doesn't have John. So they've got you know other Creedence uh, members that are running it instead. The second album in 69 was called Bayou Country, and that's probably got some of my more, more favorite songs on it, including Born on the Bayou. But even all that being said, I only partially like these guys because they ended up being a jam band and they ended up having seven, eight minute songs. And I'm not exactly sure why, because it's not exactly danceable type music, but uh, 
I don't know. Uh, CCR, I can listen to them in spurts, but I really like Born on the Bayou. What's your experience with CCR? So I think with CCR, it's all about the quality, not necessarily quantity. You mentioned that they were only around for six years. There's a couple of things that hit home with me and CCR. First of all is John Fogarty's voice. It's super ridiculously recognizable. There's nobody else out there that sounds like John Fogarty to me. And then when you go down, you only really need to own the best of. Best of Creedence Clearwater Revival, the Chronicle record. Bad Moon Rising, Born on the Bayou, Proud Mary, Traveling Band, Have You Ever Seen the Rain, Down on the Corner, Lodi, Fortunate Son, uh, Looking Out My Back Door, Susie Q, Sweet Hitchhiker, I can go on and on and on. There's just, they've got so many great songs. I can't tell you how many rock bands have covered Fortunate Son at this point. I love Fortunate Son, but damn, everybody's covered it. All the hard rock and metal bands have covered that song time and time again. Yeah, I mean, they're just a band I respect, and I have their greatest hits in my catalog in my library. And, uh, you know, when it comes on, I don't necessarily turn it off, but I also don't necessarily go to the record just to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm with you the whole way with you the whole way. All right. Last couple heart American rock band, obviously with Ann and Nancy Wilson from Seattle founded in the early seventies. First album came out in 75 dreamboat Annie. They've got 15, 16 studio albums, bunch of live albums, compilations, but they didn't really hit my radar till 85. And when I initially, started listening to heart, I went backwards and I didn't really like any of the old stuff except for the hits. And I pretty much feel the same way today. My bang zone with heart is the self-titled album in 85, bad animals in 87 brigade in 90. And I know fully well that they didn't write a ton of those songs, but, Anne just kills the vocals on those things. Nancy plays a great guitar and it is such hooky, catchy rock, even though it's written by other people. But stuff like if looks could kill or staples on playlists, I play with a family, right? So 85 to 91 heart for me is awesome. And, uh, you know, the whole ginger Marianne, if I had my choice between the two, I think I got to go Nancy. What do you think about heart? Uh, definitely got to go Nancy, but yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit bigger heart fan. I think there's a lot of non hit gems on their records. You know, looks at kill was never a hit. So, but that's a that's a hidden gem, and and they've got a lot of gems in the earlier years that are great tunes that weren't necessarily hits. I love Heart. Uh, just today popped up on my YouTube feed was Heart doing Stairway to Heaven for Led Zeppelin at the presidential honors thing or whatever and they did it with like a full orchestra and this full course and jason bonham was playing drums and it was amazing i mean the performance was just ridiculous so good you should go uh check that out if you haven't seen it yet uh, it's been out for forever and a day but it's really a great performance and heart uh for a lot of their career was known as little zeppelin because they just they pulled off zeppelin so damn well yeah, I'm a huge Heart fan. Love them. Don't love every last thing they did, but like a lot of the rock and roll stuff that they do. So it's all good with me. And then I'm going to close with a band from Philly called Hailstorm. RJ and Lizzie Hale, brother, sister. They've been playing music together since the late 90s, but the first true Hailstorm album didn't come out till 2009. And I got to tell you, it's a desert island album for me. Uh, these guys are road warriors. They play 150, 200 shows a year. 
four great studio albums. They got three great cover EPs, a couple of live albums, and Hailstorm is one of my top 10 bands of all time. I've seen them eight or 10 times now. Always impressed. Kids love them. Check out this killer track from the first album. Here is Innocence. So before I uh, saw your list, of course, I knew that Hailstorm would end up on it because I know you're a huge fan. And honestly, just by being around you since we've been doing this show, uh, I've gotten the opportunity to see Hailstorm live for the first time. And I've gotten more into their records and spent more time with their records. I like Hailstorm a lot. Uh, Nobody can deny Lizzie's voice. It's amazing, her voice. 
And so, uh, just, you know, as luck would have it, uh, yesterday they broadcasted the whole download 2019 download performance. So I watched that when they were, they were live streaming it and they, Lizzie and AJ and, uh, Joe were all in the chat room talking, uh, to the fans and stuff. So that was kind of cool. I watched that. That was really good. And then today, uh, Lizzie does this live stream sort of interview show, uh, I think almost every Friday uh, at four o'clock Eastern time. But today she had Phil and Jeremy on. Uh, so it was Lizzie, Phil and Jeremy just uh, chatting it up today. Yeah, she's been doing stuff like that on Twitter. She'll do like a hashtag ask Lizzie anything and she'll get thousands of questions in just about an hour or so. She does a good job with social media. There's no doubt about it. What I really like about Hailstorm, besides the talent and all that, love it. I like that they aren't afraid to pay homage to the folks that influence them. They're not afraid to do some of the cover tunes. They're not afraid to talk about the Judas priests of the world. And they are so respectful that you can't help but like them. And I mean, if you really love melodic rock, I just don't see a lot of things you would hate about Hailstorm. No, my only uh, critique of Hailstorm is at times they're a little bit too new medley for me. But overall, I like it, and I like some of the more groove-oriented stuff that they do. Like I said, it's something that uh, has grown on me, and I've had more uh, opportunity to spend with them. So uh, it's all good with me. Yeah, so there's you know us talking about 10 each. We could have talked about literally hundreds of other bands. Yes, Stone Temple Pilots, Striper, Van Halen, 30 Seconds to Mars, Arch Enemy, BTO, Lamb of God, Chevelle, Lit. I mean, they just go on and on and on. And I have history with some of those bands. Some of those bands I don't have history with. We didn't talk about Sticks. We didn't talk about the Allman Brothers. Although I'm starting to like the Allman Brothers a lot more. Uh, we didn't talk about Kinks. We didn't talk about Radiohead. You know, so there's just tons of them. And some have worked out and some haven't worked out. Nickelback. Nickelback, Oasis. I talked about the train wreck that is the Gallagher brothers, the other Gallagher brothers, not the Raven Gallagher brothers. Those two guys, man. Nelson, Gunner and Matthew. Oh, here's something I didn't really necessarily know. No doubt Gwen Stefani's brother was uh, the original guitar player in the band. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Paramore, Radiohead, uh, Jellyfish. I've talked about jellyfish before. I am an absolute jellyfish fanatic. They are not heavy metal or hard rock, but I love jellyfish. And uh, Roger and his brother, uh, the Manning brothers, were in jellyfish originally. Good Charlotte, Glorious Sons, I've talked about before. Saga, On the Loose, that great Canadian band. Uh, they had brothers in that band. So uh, there's tons of uh, brother and sister acts and family acts out there and uh, we just thought it would be fun to do an episode on it. So that's what we're doing. Yes, sir. Well, you know what? There's brothers that do kiss songs too. So let's check this out. You wanted the best and you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, I went with a guy named Leonardo Figueredo, I think. I don't know. You put in Kiss Cover in YouTube and you get 
tons. Uh, there's so much stuff on YouTube. It becomes ridiculous after a while. But Leonardo is a singer and a drummer, and his brother plays bass and guitar. And they've been playing together for more than like 25, 30 years. They don't have a lot of stuff out there uh, that's original, but they do about 20 different Kiss tunes over the last three years. And they have it labeled under the Kiss cover Fig Brothers, F-I-G Bros, B-R-O-S, period. And there is a great version of Naked City. So check this out.
Yeah, they don't stray too far from the original to me. Uh, these dudes are from Brazil. Yeah. It's amazing. There's almost zero accent uh, as they sing. Yeah, and you know, you listen to some of the other tunes, and they're just um, they're just fans. And he ended up meeting, I guess, Paul and Gene in 2011 or 2012, something like that. And they actually took one of his Kiss covers and threw it on Kiss Online, and it got a bunch of you know, obviously, downloads and listens and et cetera. And even there, he's like you know, Uber fan, Kiss fan. Oh my God, I'm meeting Paul. Like he's not this, I can do what they can do and I can do it better. He's literally a fan that's putting stuff together with his brother. They're talented guys and uh, it's pretty cool things, I think. Yeah, sounded pretty good. I think that uh, I would like to hear from some of the listeners and go on Facebook or Twitter and tell us some of uh, your favorite sibling bands or acts. Uh, I don't really care if they're rock and roll or not, truthfully. Share whatever. I threw out the Partridge family. It's your turn. <laughs> oh, yeah. You might hear the Jonas Brothers or the Isley Brothers or, yeah. let's see, a Devo, Bee Gees. Yeah. Hey, the Misfits had uh, brothers in the band. There you go. Uh, the I'm Too Sexy guys were brothers. I'm Too Sexy. Were they really? Uh, right yeah, said, Right Said Fred, they're brothers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fred and Richard. Yeah. The Spandau Ballet guys were brothers. Really? Yeah. That was crazy back. Oh, you know, Dire Straits had a couple brothers in that band as well, right? Uh, your favorite, the Osmonds. Yeah. You know you like them. I ain't afraid to uh, listen to a little puppy love. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Three Days Grace. That's a band I never really got into. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh, Ace of Base. Uh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. There was three siblings in that one. All that she wants is another baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's tons, there's tons of them. And I think some we never knew. And it's fun when it works for a while. It's unfortunate when it, when it ends up being this battle, but, uh, you got to hand it to Van Halen. Cause for all the drama that is Van Halen, really Alex and Eddie stuck it out. Alex and Eddie definitely stick together because Van Halen is pretty private. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're like ACDC, right? You don't hear a whole lot about the inside of the band. You know, some of the books that have been released recently have shed a little bit of light on some of the things. And from what I gather, it sounds like Alex was the one basically running the band. He was the asshole. He was the the business side of the band and Eddie just wanted to, you know, just wanted to write music and play music. Uh the problem is is that they both had drug and alcohol problems and Alex really had an alcohol problem from what I understand. So uh yeah, you know, that drugs and alcohol, never a good thing. Uh, and it makes every relationship even probably twice as bad. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, nice little uh, episode here. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think it'll be fun. Hopefully people enjoy that. Um, what else do we have? We don't have anything to say. Um, uh, I could close this out with um, a uh, Osmond song or a Partridge Family song or a BG song. What do you think? What do you want to shuffle, rattle, and roll here? 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put a pin in this and I'm going to thank everybody for listening and thanks for all the feedback. And I'm going to go uh, punch my brother in the eye. Sweet. All right. I'm going to take a hammer to uh, Sonny's kneecaps, even though he's not my brother. And uh, until next week, thanks again for everybody that's been with us from the beginning. Thanks for all the folks that have come on along the way. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Stay safe. Keep rocking. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.